Hello, everybody. It's another Hello. Thursday night, and we are back again. Um, the wonderful, riotous trio that we are. Um, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's one We really are. We have we sound like that. It sounds like the name of a Christian band. <laughs> wonderful and righteous. We need a rock we, tune now to go with it. We do. Um, we have so much fun every Thursday night, and we just want to say thank you so much to everyone who listens to these conversations because we have such wonderful positive feedback um, that is so encouraging and it just gives us more fuel to keep going and we're so grateful for your prayers for your comments both the good the bad and the ugly because we get all of them um for those that are constructive we appreciate them for those that are outright negative we also appreciate them because it's a perspective that we perhaps haven't seen or haven't thought of so we're grateful to everybody that takes the time to listen um the these shows are growing massively and we know that it's it's through nothing that we're doing um it's all by the grace of god because we are just three women in three very different corners of of the united kingdom um talking about what we love the best and talking about who we love the most um and we're so grateful that god is using these conversations to enlighten encourage strengthen um reproach um you know and and just shed light in, in people's lives so we're grateful to god for that so please keep supporting us as you see fit we appreciate prayers especially um but yes any other means of support is welcome Okay, diving in tonight, we are visiting not one, but two women of the Bible tonight. <laughs> and um, I've, got, I've got a surprise for Nahum too. Ooh, okay. Find it, find it, find it. Oh my God, wow. did you do that? Say so, yes, I think let's dive into it because we're going to try and cover two, two um, sections of this book because the first one's relatively short. Um, and the, the second bit is a bit longer. So the first part of it is David's 10 concubines. And so we're up to the letter D now. So David's 10 concubines, the scriptural reference is 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses 21 to 23. And also um, 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 3. So they're rolling scripture. So when David was forced to flee Jerusalem during Absalom's rebellion, he left 10 of his concubines behind to take care of the palace. When Absalom's forces entered Jerusalem, Absalom was advised to publicly have sex with several of them. For this purpose, a tent was set up on the roof of David's palace. And the action was symbolic, demonstrating that Absalom had supplanted his father as king. Clearly, it was another example of women being used as objects with no regard for them as persons. It also demonstrated that Absalom intended to replace David or give up his own life for the insult implied to for the insult implied to all Israel that Absalom and David could never reconcile. So that's the first bit. It was about David's ten concubines. Um, ladies, I know it's a relatively short um section but gee what do you make of this 
like you, Absalom did it with with just the ten concubines. And I found it in the scripture just for Nagram. It's mm-hmm. in one Kings chapter eleven and verse three. Okay, mm-hmm. where it is stated that and we're talking about David. He had seven hundred wives and three hundred concubines. Oh, okay. I, so some boy was our David, but this but this uh, would happen to these ten women. Uh, that was Absalom in a way of getting back at his father, wasn't it? Mm, it was I think so. dastardly, and mm. you know, again. It was the vulnerable. Well, okay, they mightn't have been as vulnerable as what we know as vulnerable today, but the, the, the ladies in those days were vulnerable because they were property, weren't they? Mm. And they had to do as they were told. Mm. Um, you know, it's absolutely dick dastard what Absalom did, all to get back at David. Mm. And it's this idea almost of, of, of using people, certainly women, as pawns in, in a game, because these are obviously two men with with a score to settle um but all of a sudden you know these women get caught in this power struggle almost um and we see that don't we sometimes where women especially vulnerable people get caught up there's this saying back home um you know when two elephants are fighting the grass suffers the grass gets you know caught up in it and it almost feels like the vulnerable and say we have a duty to look out for a to look out for the vulnerable amongst us um but also maybe to recognize when we're in a position of power and not to use that um to the detriment of those that are vulnerable amongst us Mm -hmm. and that's what that sort of says to me because you know we to a certain extent we all have some sphere of power and, and influence in in whatever area of our life that is and perhaps when we find ourselves in that position um we shouldn't we shouldn't then use that to the detriment of those that are perhaps vulnerable exactly exactly but then when you look at it as well was absalom uh, used as a par as, as a human uh, a pawn in a, in a you know the human game of chess because he was advised to have sex with the woman. On oh the... yes, but he could have said no. Was advice, didn't he? <laughs> That's a question. He, he could have said him. no. Yeah, he could have said no. Just like mm. Adam could have said no to Eve, that not eat the fruit, the forbidden fruit. Mm. Mm. You no, know, he had a he had a voice on him, and didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he had free will. Yeah, didn't but he? can I ask? Yeah. Was Absalom the brother of Tamar? Yes. Tamar, yes. Tamar. Tamar. This can explain a lot because remember, he literally developed a hatred for his father after his sister was raped. But it's very sad that sometimes you can become exactly what you're trying to fight. Because don't mm. forget, what he did in all, to all intents and purposes was rape, was tantamount to rape. I can't imagine those women really wanting to go and have sex publicly i mean there's a tent but everybody mm. knows what's going on in that tent the whole nation that's mm. humiliating for those women so I in many ways they actually rape them so it's I funny like, how you're yeah. why did why did david go and leave the ten concubines i think he had to go and fight some he more. had to go and fight somewhere didn't he he, he, yeah. he had to the same he was forced to flee jerusalem he jerusalem mm. he jerusalem 
he took all his wives and all his other concubines with him, but he left these ten. So he left them a sacrifice, didn't he? Oh my goodness! Wait, so, so he left ten of his concubines. Yeah. Ah, I see what. So he took some, but he left these ones. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Mm. This is just mm. wow. This is not a nice story, guys. No. It's, oh my. You know, no, but I think also I it, think it probably. Yeah, and, on, and, and, and I'm sure some people think that maybe David did it deliberately because Absalom was coming to the, uh, 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 maybe kick David out of the house and he would take mm -hmm. all his positions. So David packs everything up and goes and David leaves these 10 concubines as an offering to Absalom. Why does he then take the rest? That's a very good question. Mm. Well, that he means he, he didn't the value them as much. Yeah. Well, well, women's lives wasn't valued. Uh, if you said 10 of Ten of his concubines, so he must have one more. Yeah, if you've got three hundred concubines, you're not going to miss ten, are you? Well, I suppose not. If, no. you, if you put the figures, that's that sad to say. But that's true. I mean, the yeah. ten that you don't really care about, you know, you won't. Mm, you won't. Yeah. Maybe were they getting too old? Were they were they losing their looks? Were they getting a wee bit flabby around the middle? You know the way men even say <laughs> that if a woman gets a wee bit flabby or something like after you know, after maybe mm. bearing children and everything, think, oh, I need, I need a younger model. So I do. And they do. They kick women over to one side and they go for a younger model, only to find mm. that that younger model too will gain weight and lose her looks. And everything of course yeah, yeah. she doesn't yeah. die with a sick pack usually the man himself is not exactly looking like an oil painting exactly you know that's exactly the, that's the like this. so when she she gets a very nice looking gardener the man starts mm -hmm. getting worried so go. but you no know, this, this is very sad because i think it just shows you you know a lot of people criticize the bible as an anti-woman book but i mm -hmm. see quite the opposite because i think like the Holy Spirit deliberately puts these stories in just to show the depravity of humanity, right? Mm. The way we treat one another and in the way we treat, the way women have been treated in the past. And sadly, like, this is just the most awful thing. How do mm. we get to a point where people are objectified so much? Like Giselle is saying, oh. where you kind of almost, you're cutting your losses, right? You know how if a ship is sinking, you throw off the extra cargo? It's like mm. the equivalent of this with human beings. You know, well, where do we see yeah. that again? As a well, let's, let's, let me just read, because I think it's interesting. Let's just read the um, biblical narrative here. So mm. um, if we say verse, let's start from verse 20. So Absalom said to Ahithophel, Ahithophel, give us advice, give us your advice. What shall we do? So I think... Um, He's looking for advice because I think he's his dad's obviously fled um, because Shimei curses him. And so he's fled. And I think in the struggle of that, Absalom's obviously trying, trying to be king. Um, and he then goes, Absalom goes to Ahithophel and says, give us your advice. What should we do? Ahithophel answered, this is verse 21, sleep with your father's concubines, whom he left to take care of the palace. Then all Israel will hear that you have made yourself obnoxious to your father, and the hands of everyone, and the hands of everyone with you will be more resolute. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, 
and he slept with his father's concubines in the sights of all Israel. Now in those days, the advice Ahithophel gave was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. Wow. So even David used to read this guy. Yeah. <laughs> this is... I've got it wrong. I got it totally wrong. David mm. have 700 wives and 300 concubines. What about David, Solomon? It was Solomon. Mm. Solomon yeah, but, had to take it to the next yeah, level, yeah, man. Yeah. When I, when I was reading that from Kings, I thought, this isn't David, is it? But I was eager and I, and I, and I jumped in where fools tread, uh, dared to tread. David had eight wives and apparently maybe only 10 concubines. Mm. But, you know what? It says here he left them to take Care of the palace. So yeah. maybe he didn't exactly discard them. Maybe he trusted them. What can I say? Like, how are they supposed to take care of the palace? Right? Because he obviously thought he was coming back. He obviously thought. Yeah. Um, maybe he thought because they are women, they're not going to be attacked. Or Yeah. You know, he thought yeah. he was coming back. Because, you know, in verse 11 of that same chapter, David says to Abishai and all his officials, my son, my own flesh and blood is trying to kill me. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone, let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. So this is when Shema is cursing um, David. It may be that the Lord will look upon my misery and restore me to his covenant blessing instead of his curse today. Um, you know, because this is Shema saying to, to David in verse 8, saying, the Lord has repaid you for all the blood you shed in the household of Saul. In whose place you have reigned, the Lord has given the kingdom into the hands of your son Absalom. You have come to ruin because you are a murderer. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and what's interesting here is so all this is all this is just coming off out of advice. Like people are listening to advice, and I'm just like I'm just reading this thinking. Who is advising you? Like, who yeah. in your life are you listening to? Who is advising you? And and whatever advice you're taking from people, please, please, please always test it against the word of God. Um, we have the Bible today, who obviously David didn't have back, back then. But he obviously had prophets and he had Saul and, and a lot. But we're so blessed to have the Bible today. We're so blessed to know God's opinion on a lot of things if not almost everything in life um some things he gives us discretion to use our mind and our own free will to act according to his will but any advice that you get can i just encourage you to test it against the word of god especially if the advice doesn't sound right like if the advice just like you hear it and and your spirit just says no no. (laughs) Just test it against the spirit of God because this is basically just highlighting the dangers of Mm. taking people at their word and believing that everybody has the best interest at heart for you and believing Mm. that everybody's telling you the right thing to do. This is so true. There's nothing wrong with get you know get getting godly counsel. There's nothing wrong with asking people for advice. Um but whenever you're given advice, before you act on it, how about you take it back to God and ask him, test it against his word 
And if you're not sure, ask God, what do you say about this? Because, you know, the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask for it. Mm. So if you really do lack wisdom, you're not sure, you're at a crossroads, then ask God for it. I'm sure he will show you the way. Um, But yeah, I think the power of these women's lives were changed because somebody gave wrong advice to somebody. Like that's just... Absolutely. Yep. Even just thinking about it is baffling. Like it is. Yeah. These women great. Mm, go on. I was gonna say that happens every day. I mean, mm. wars wars don't just start for nothing in this modern world, right? Mm. Wars start because somebody said something. You know, somebody maybe told a lie or somebody had an agenda. And then next thing you know, you know, thousands of people are being killed. So yeah, it's the people who have influence in this world, and I think it goes back to your point about power. If you're in a position where you have the ear of decision makers, mm-hmm. you have to be really careful. Mm-hmm. You have to be, you have to really be in a position where you can check your ego because you know all of us can say can see that I hate to say that it's wrong, but there's a saying that power corrupts mm-hmm. and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You will never really know how you can be until you're in that position. So mm. it is nice, I think, to have your own checks and balances in place. Have people who can hold you to account. Mm. Powerful. I think it's really important. Otherwise, if you don't have people checking you, this Ahitophel guy was clearly um, highly regarded by the king, right? The mm-hmm. king himself. Mm-hmm. So who was Ahitophel? And I feel for David because what a betrayal, right? You clearly rated this guy. It's probably even because of David that this his son has a relationship with him. And then mm. a man who should reconcile you to your son, a man whom you trust, turns mm. on you. I mean, what a betrayal. Mm. Yeah, and he, he was definitely, he, was, he must have been like one of the counselors in David's palace. Do you know what I mean? Like, for him to have access to Absalom, he would have been high in the mm. courts. Like you don't just walk off the street and have access to the king. Like he would have been already in the royal court. Mm. So he would have been somebody quite mm. high up. And 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 even people mm. that are that high up, like we're all, this just goes to show that we're all twisted and evil and we all have the capacity for great evil if our yeah. hearts are not turned and turned the right way i mean this is david's son like yeah yeah this is like the king david david's you son <laughs> is that this guy given how much david like the esteem that david held him in he's probably been around for a while mm-hmm. right he's mm-hmm. probably been somebody who's been so it just shows you that even sometimes no matter how long you've known somebody you know, mm. you can't 100% say, completely rate this person. No, mm. your discernment still has to be working. And you can actually, like, how do you do Familiarity and emotions can really numb your discernment. Mm. You have to be careful. The more you know people, like, you just let your guard down because you just think, okay, I know this person. They've consistently been this way to me. And then you don't really, your guard is down so that's how something because Ahitophel clearly did not think as highly of David 
and you can imagine like this guy was probably a proper um, masquerade, right? He was probably coming there, smiling, everything, looking like he liked David, like he cared, acting the part. Nobody gets up and does such a thing off, out of the blue. This guy must have hated David for a very long time and he saw his chance and he took it. Yes, yeah. So there are lots of sleeping dogs that just lie, just waiting for their chance to pounce. Um, mm -hmm. But it's interesting, though, that this happens at a point where, so I think Shimei's obviously cursing David, calling him a murderer because he has blood on his hands. But this happens at a point where in this story, David is very vulnerable. He's obviously mm. feeling quite guilty um, because I think at one point, one of the guys, um, Abishai, son of Zeruiah, says to, they, says to David, well, who's the Shimei guy that he's, like, who's the Shimei guy to, to curse you? Just tell me and I'll go over and cut his head off. Um, and David said, well, what does this have to do with you? Um, if he's cursing, if he's cursing because the Lord said to him, curse David, who can ask, why do you do this? Um and then David says to me, my own flesh and blood is literally trying to kill me. What more of this man? Like, <laughs> like this one's even a stranger. Like I'm dealing with, I'm dealing with worse. Like in my own family, my own child's trying to kill me. What? Like this stranger yeah. can't do anything to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that's quite interesting because this snake of an Ahithophel man is able to gain entry and offer that advice, especially also because David's, David is vulnerable. Mm -hmm. he's at a point of self-doubt he's at the point where he believes that he deserves what's coming to him and so he obviously leaves and his son's trying to usurp him and, and, and take the throne and how often does that happen how often do we see that the enemy tries to get in when we're at our lowest oh when girl we are Self full of self doubt, or just doubting God's love, or going mm -hmm. through stuff, and we're thinking this must be God's curse on me for X, Y, Z, or God is probably cursing me because I did this or I didn't do this. And then, just then, the enemy finds a way to get in and attack our families, our children, our you know our friends, and the enemy obviously is as wise as a serpent always likes to believe he is. And it will just come in and whisper lies to mm. our loved ones. And it's interesting because I'm, I'm obviously saying this and I'm thinking of Peter when Jesus says to him, get thee behind me, Satan. He wasn't yeah. talking to Peter. He could just see that the enemy oh. was using Peter. Like he wasn't calling Peter Satan. Peter was not Lucifer um, standing in front of him. But he could see that Lucifer was trying mm -hmm. to use Peter to get to him. And I think this is probably the same thing when we're at that our lowest point sometimes and the enemy will just whisper bad advice to our friends, our families. And then you have family members calling you out of the blue, just telling you stuff. And you're like, do I really need to know this right now? <laughs> or really bizarre advice that you just think, what? Yeah. yeah. No, come up with. I'm trying to think of something, especially if somebody knows that you're a Christian, right? And then they will just come up with something hugely unbiblical. Like, I don't know. I'm just pulling this on out of head. Like, telling you to, to do something against, let's say you're married, right? Telling you to make 
do something with your family finances and hide it from your husband. Mm. You what? Like you're thinking you're my sister, you're my cousin, you're my mom. How can you be giving me this type of advice? Mm. Sometimes it's not them. I think the more you 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 kind of know it. I don't know about other people, but there are times when the Holy Spirit will literally tell you. Mm. <laughs> not and then those person. are the times when you have, you know, you have that moment of get thee behind me, Satan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you're you, not rebuking yes. your mom or your friend or your no. child or your brother or your sister. You're rebuking the enemy that is exactly. using them to deliver that advice. Yep. Um, but we just need to be so careful because listening to that advice in this scenario it's obviously come at a high cost for these 10 women mm, but i'm sure there's so many people perhaps even listening to this that that this will resonate with and they'll mm. be like how many times have i just listened to the wrong advice that was given at a time of just when my when the chips were down for me and i took that advice and it just ended up just in catastrophic um, yeah. consequences. And when the chips are down, rather than trying to withdraw from God and say, like David says, you know, the Lord can curse me because my hands are filthy and, you know, I'm, I've killed so many people. Rather than do that, how about in those times we draw closer to God um, and you just rely on him and ask for wisdom to yeah. filter whatever advice it is that comes our way. That's so true. That's so true. Because your emotions can really, I mean, you can be usually a very sensible person, right? But when you are at a low point, you'll be amazed how, you know, how you could change because your your defenses are not the same. You are just weak. You allow things that you wouldn't under any given circumstances. That's why sometimes somebody will do something. You'll be like, it's so out of character for this person. But when you're vulnerable, you're not thinking the same. Mm. you're just not mentally there like that so mm. yes it's it's really important to ask for like Sidney said wisdom and for just the help of God because there are times when you know that it's not your own strength that got you out of that situation it's not your intelligence in fact you were mm. going to do something truly the opposite <laughs> and it's only God like you hear these stories right where maybe you were already on the way and like you had a tire puncture. God was like I have to stop you somehow before you ruin yeah. your life but yeah sometimes you have to actually even give god the permission to to stop you strike you with illness if that's what it would take to stop you from destroying yourself yeah yeah sorry g i think you wanted to say something earlier no okay yep yeah it's just it's just a very i don't think we'll have time to look at the other bits the other ladies women today because we'll keep them from another time them for next time because i think they're quite meaty but this is just such an encouragement about and also maybe we should think about we should think of ourselves like like you said earlier we're in the position to give advice are we yes. giving good advice oh yes like, you know, or are we letting the enemy use us because sometimes you know like we're not even gonna we're not even gonna try and sugarcoat it here right you know sometimes that the advice you're giving your friend your sister you know is the wrong advice but it's either born out of resentment, jealousy, envy, or yes. just what, what I like to call a Jonah spirit, you know, that, that whole spirit of... Rebellious. You know, it's funny. 
I've actually just remembered something that happened way, years ago. I think I was in my 20s, right? And a friend gave me some advice. It was something to do with relationships. And she was like, I know it's bad advice, but it works. <laughs> yeah, cute. I know it's bad advice, but it works. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious. Like, those things. I, of course, I didn't take it, but I just laughed. I was like, so you really well, here's a tip for everybody then that likes to give advice. Mm. And sometimes it can be the wrong advice. Mm. You, I start my personal prayer time in the mornings when I'm in the shower. Because mm. when I wake up, uh, get the dog seen to, get the, the cat seen to, uh, uh, get things done, answer messages, answer emails, take phone calls, all the rest of it. Starts My, my time starts in the shower. And more or less, the first words that side of me lord i'm getting ready to go out today and i'm asking for your divine knowledge and mm. your perfect wisdom to use that knowledge correctly for every situation comes across my path that's today. such a wonderful prayer that's such really a wonderful is. way to start the day and you know it really it applies me with that knowledge and his wisdom to use mm. the knowledge correctly i i, I, I always i very often pray that he would give me his grace and his wisdom so that my mistakes don't cost me or anyone else dearly. See, there again. That's usually how I pray because I know I'm going to make mistakes. And, you know, when you're raising children, very often I'm like, I'm praying that my mistakes don't send you to therapy when you're older. To send you the bill, make sure you have a good thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, don't no, put that I, in their head. <laughs> I very often pray that my mistakes don't cost anybody else and that God just covers them yeah. um, and gives me the wisdom to avoid them. But if I should make them, which I know I will because I'm human and I'm fallible, when I make them, I pray that the Lord covers me and that, you know, they, but it is, it is, is, but you can only pray that when you recognize that you're not a little, a little miss know-it-all and you can only mm. pray that. Absolutely. And I think you said something that's really important, Sidonie, because people often don't realize that their actions hurt people. Yeah. And that your actions just don't hurt people. It can actually cost people. We're mm. joking about it here, but we know that there are people who are in therapy today. Mm -hmm. Some of them maybe have even not, you know, are struggling, really, really struggling mm. because of the kind of family life that they were subjected to or because mm -hmm. of the kind of authority figures that were in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I think this is where, even in the Bible, when they talk about sins of the father and so on, that's a very kind of um, practical way to explain it. Sometimes mm -hmm. as a parent, the bad decisions that you make will affect your children. Mm -hmm. And even to the point where even those who would try to break away will find themselves mm -hmm. caught up in the same patterns. Mm -hmm. So we have to know that whatever decision we make, we are making them with future generations in mind. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, we're talking today about a world where we have high divorce rates and so on. But if you really look at it, these things didn't just start overnight. You have people who are broken because they came from homes that were broken, right? Mm -hmm. They haven't healed. Then you go into a marriage with so many issues. How do you really expect it to work out? Mm -hmm. If you don't really put in the effort and then what happens, you, it gets passed down the next generation to the point where by generation four, people are normalizing it like, oh, please, like divorce is nothing to this family, you know, 
And it could be the same with alcoholism. With I mean, poverty is one of the, 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 the great ones, right? You hear about generational poverty. That's usually because along the way, somewhere in the generations past, somebody made a very bad decision. And people have really not recovered, even generations down the line. So you're right. Our mistakes can cause people. I mean, I work in healthcare. Sometimes a mistake of a doctor or a nurse could kill a patient. It mm. could be mm. that. So we have to be very, very careful mm. what we say. Oh, if you're a teacher or a parent, these are the two groups of people. I just beg you, the words that you say to children. Mm cannot begin. There are people who remember what their nursery school teacher said to them that was mm. negative. They're in their 50s today. And those yeah. words still affect them. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah. Well, it's not for all too. Uh, proverbs, I can't remember which proverb it is, but we have the power of life and death in the tongue. Yeah. It's, it's true. And you know, yes. if, if we can't lift people up with good, kind, positive words, then keep your mouth shut. Yes. Nothing. See, absolutely. And, and I think always... I think some people, by just by just by nature, by nature of personality, they're they're more likely to to be forthcoming with their advice than other people are. Mm. Um, they, you know, we do call them interfering busybodies sometimes, but it's just the way they are. And yeah. sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But if you're somebody that's that way inclined, um, perhaps before you rush in offering advice, maybe just take thirty seconds, half a minute. Just to think about the advice you're about to offer and think, is it good? Is it kind? Yeah. Is it actually going to help the situation in any way? And exactly. where is this advice coming from? Because sometimes sometimes we people give advice out of envy. People give advice out of jealousy. People give advice because they genuinely want to help. Like people give advice and they genuinely believe that the advice they're giving you is the right advice. Like not everybody sets out to be evil. Some people genuinely believe that yeah. they are giving you the right advice. Um, yes but when you get that advice and if it doesn't sit well in your spirit even if it does take it back to the lord and say this is what i've been advised by so and so this is what i plan on doing lord please show me your will and give me your wisdom in this situation and he will and i also just like to add if i do it wrong please make everything work together for my good yes <laughs> true because sometimes you don't know right you could start with the best intentions thinking that you have it all figured out and then it blows in your face you're like what <laughs> yeah so you know i think maybe as advice givers we should also check ourselves check our hearts um and also what we what we advise people mm. and for those that are quick to give advice, maybe don't be so quick. Yep. Mm -hmm. take, take a it, minute. Take take a minute and just reflect on it. Yeah. 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 And just think, this That's is what great. I'm about to offer. Is it godly? Is it helpful? Is it encouraging? Could is I say it in a nice way? Would like? Yes. Yeah. That's a good test. Yeah. I like One that test. Too. Yeah. Is it something I is would it the like? Kind of advice I would like. Oh, gee, um, guys, she's good. on the road today. You don't know this, Giselle. Yeah, that is <laughs> you good know advice. Yeah. yeah. No, that's very good advice, what it Giselle is. said. It's something that you would give yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, and if you wouldn't tell yourself that, or you wouldn't tell somebody that you really loved, mm. then why would you tell somebody? 
And I think also sometimes it's okay to actually not give advice mm-hmm. because there are times when you honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say to somebody, to be honest, I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Let me go think about it. Let me pray about it. Or I know somebody else who might be able to help. Mm-hmm. I will just pray with you over this because I feel like sometimes people always feel like they have to have answers. Yeah, you, you don't know. need to have answers. You it's don't always have to have Even when you go... Yes, even when you're the wise one among your friends, you don't always have to defend that mm. reputation. Yeah, right. say I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know is a valid when, answer. When yeah. you say that, especially if you're somebody who's like someone trusts, when you say, I don't know, it makes the person stand back and think, oh, okay, this is something I should really think about. This We're really in a bind here, if you don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it, it means I should really, yeah, because they're thinking, oh my goodness, somebody who always has answers before now, they don't mm. and to think about this i should pray about this more because mm. like we saw here people can run away with your words guys so yeah. you really mm. have to be responsible with the way you give advice especially if you're a church leader if you're a leader yeah. in some kind of capacity but because yes. we're talking about christians here because yeah big time we have heard places where christian leaders give very irresponsible advice to people some mm-hmm. straight up and this is why again like Giselle and Sigourney said you must test the spirit you know I mean some of you have seen things on YouTube you see pastors of people asking people to do bizarre things sometimes Mm. things are downright sexually immoral like Mm. I've heard stories where you apparently a pastor with somebody sleep with me for deliverance right Mm. like what (laughs) I mean Uh uh it happens you know can be very vulnerable right and Mm -hmm. i think at that stage the person is just so distressed and vulnerable so their feelings may not be quite the same but that's Mm -hmm. why you should test it against the will of god where jesus was jesus said the blueprint for deliverance god's way where on earth did jesus tell anybody to sleep with him for deliverance jesus never Mm -hmm. asked people for money or anything so why is this person telling you to do that you should know straight away if you're not Mm -hmm. sure Open your Bible, go to somebody else and say, hey, this pastor has asked me this. You know, mm. I have to bring in the holy handkerchief. <laughs> you know, $20 and all your prayers will be answered. <laughs> oh, dear. Why right, did listen. you have to go American on that one? Listen, listen. Um, a, a, a relatively new lady to the group, Tony. I think she joined us only about 10 days ago, maybe. Oh, maybe yes. less than that. Yes. Oh, hi, Tony. Tony. Yes, she's with us tonight. Um, oh, in. I hope you a couple of lovely answers to what we've been talking about. She says, Yes, we have to lead with kindness that can seep out into the world a ripple effect. Oh. That's absolutely powerful. Then she says, It's okay to admit that we don't know best, that we mm-hmm. can be wrong, but as long as kindness, gentleness, and love is at the forefront, hallelujah. Mm, and then she says, so again, Yes. All these women are strong and oh, right. Sorry, that's um um. Sharon says, Sharon, I'll pay you later, darling, for this. Sharon says, I always listen to Giselle because Ooh, I'm learning. She's hot, hot, hot. Um, <laughs> Sharon, don't yes. always don't Sharon. test, test everything she... I say. Test everything yes. I say. Yeah, but then, and that's, that's important. That's a good point, actually, Giselle. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as maybe our final, but probably biggest warning test everything even your pastor says okay because your pastor's not jesus your pastor is human your pastor may and probably will make mistakes 
you probably okay. will sit there in a sermon in church on a Sunday and listen to something and go, I don't quite agree with that. It's okay for you to pull your pastor up and have Absolutely. a conversation with the pastor and say, you said X, Y, Z, but the Bible says X, Y, Z. Can we just explore this further? Um, and just so we, I can better understand what God's opinion is, is you don't have to antagonize your pastor. You don't have to insult your pastor. You don't have to belittle yeah. them. You don't have to make them feel like this high. However, you can approach them in love and with love, gently and sensitively. Um, and together, you can actually reveal God's word to each other. Like, yeah, you never know, right? Stop putting your pastors on a pedestal, okay? They are not... They are not prophets. They're yep. not Old Testament prophets that receive the word of God straight from God himself in visions and dreams, and then they're just telling it to you. No, they are yep. human beings that have had to study theology and study and study the, the Bible and the different interpretations, the different ways it can, it can be, and the different applications for the word of God. And so they are sharing that knowledge with you. They're obviously experts in their fields. Like if you go see a doctor, you expect the doctor to be an expert in their field. If you go see, if you hire a gardener, you expect the gardener to know what they're doing with landscaping. If you go to church and you're listening to a pastor, he's an expert in his field. And he should know that it doesn't mean that the doctor knows everything to do with the human body. Yeah, the doctor has monopoly over the word and the interpretation of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You have a unique perspective and application that will apply to you. If you hear something from Good a man. pastor, your pastor, can I just encourage you and please plead with you? And you're not quite sure. Just call your pastor up and say, hey, pastor, you said X, Y, Z, but the Bible says ABC. I don't quite see how they marry up. Can we please explore this further together? And any pastor who's worth their salt, you should take you up on that offer, will take you up on that offer. Exactly. They would love it. They will revel in it. They will just love the opportunity to discuss it further with you and just gel over it and bond over it. But any pastor that doesn't know much or is not quite secure in their knowledge or is just, you know, making stuff up as they go along will shy away from that or become defensive. And that's not particularly healthy. Exactly. Um, Exactly. So please, 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 yeah. And, and you know, that yeah, just pastors. dots the I's and the T's about what I spoke on Sunday night at the service. Because mm. I spoke on uh, the whole one great big chapter, 25 verses on the book of Jude about mm. false preachers. I love mm. that book. And it's a brilliant book. There's so much meat in it. In fact, I got sermons out of it. I did, I did one on Sunday night and I'll do, I'll do the second part in a couple of weeks' time. But um, you really do have to. But don't call the people out and make a big show of it and try no. to tell them. Do it, quiet, do it quietly. Do it, do it quietly. And, it and like I said, walk up to them and, and talk to them. Okay. Yeah. And it's not a, you don't know what you're talking about. It's, no. um, I don't quite understand because I may have a different perspective. How can we explore this together? It's not exactly. a you and us conversation. No. It's not no. a fight. It's not, you know, an argument or antagonistic. It's a case of, yeah. can we explore this together so we can perhaps both grow together because exactly. that's what they want that exactly. should be your- should want you yeah 
And if, and, if you don't get, and if you don't get any joy with the Lord, then do it biblically. Go to the deacons and the elders and talk mm. about it that way. But first of all, speak privately to the pastor or the preacher. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is, minister or whatever. It's important because in this age, there's so much false teaching out there, guys. Yeah, yeah. isn't there? I've seen online where people who are like highly regarded, very popular pastors have mm. come up with stuff and I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> don't get the, don't get the twenty dollar hankies on game. Exactly, it's twenty dollars. So now, nowadays, send me twenty dollars, and your problems are all solved. It's anointed by oh, the Holy Spirit of Israel. I don't know why we're doing this in the American accent, but I sincerely apologize to you. Let's go. It's 22 minutes past. Yeah, I, I apologize to the 20% of our audience that are Americans. That is absolutely true. Forgive us. And we're not making fun we're of just you. just bring out some humor here, guys. We're, we're sorry. Not, yeah. But yeah. you've got to admit yourself, there are some charlatan pastors out there, and mm -hmm. they generally do have well, not necessarily genuinely have an American accent. Some of them put the American accent on because it makes them think them makes, makes them sound more important. So, ladies, our members that are American, we are not getting at you. We're really not. Thank you, ladies. It's been a wonderful conversation. Um, shall we just pray ourselves out? Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity to come together and talk about some quite serious conversations, but in a lighthearted manner. Um, we just want to give you all the thanks and all the praise for this opportunity. Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would help us to be those that give good advice. Lord, that you would, um, we would seek your wisdom on topics um, before we offer advice to people, especially um, serious life-changing um, advice Lord we ask Lord that when we do receive advice and we are on the receiving end we ask that you would please help us to remember to test every advice that we get um, against the scripture against your word and against your will and Lord that we should make sure that before we take any advice we should ensure that it aligns with what you have said about that particular scenario or situation Heavenly Father we thank you for the lessons that we learned in this story today um, we didn't quite think we had so much to talk about it, but somehow you've been able to help us um, understand how to apply this to our lives and, and, and what we can get from it, Lord. Help us, Lord, that when we are in a position of power, that we would look out for the vulnerable that are left in our care. And when we find ourselves in a position where we may feel tempted to take advantage and give the wrong advice, or take advantage of trust that has been, uh, has been bestowed upon us by other people, Help us to set those people straight. Help us to give advice that is honoring and godly um, and that glorifies you, not our sinful human nature. We thank you, Lord, because we know, Lord, that through your word, we know that we all need a saviour. This just shines a light on our sinful nature. And so we ask, Lord, that you please help us to continually repent for our sins every minute of every day, knowing, Lord, that we are so filthy that we cannot even approach your throne. But through Jesus and through the blood, we can stand before you, Lord, and ask for mercy and stand before you and call you our Father because of what Jesus did. 
But Lord, as we continue to wrestle against the flesh here on earth, we ask that you would help us, you would strengthen us, you will enable us, and you will help us to always remember that you, O oh Lord, are on our side. And so who then can be against us? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your grace and your mercy that we enjoy daily. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Sidoni. Thank you, everybody. Say good night. Good night, good night everybody. Good night, everybody. Fake book land. There, there, uh, that's that closed down. And good night to everybody on playback on uh, YouTube or wherever. Night, night. God bless you all. Good night. <laughs>